What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Cast a Podcast on the YouTube version. If you're listening on the App Store, welcome into almost the 30th episode of this deal, and we've been kicking them off every week now in 2021. Uh, about a quarter of the way through the season, we started doing this. And uh, if you don't know, I'm Ronnie Moore, and I'm joined by Kyle Jesse, my kind of counterpart at BASS. Lives down in Birmingham now. Was a part of the Bassmaster Live crew and doing the bonus coverage and is doing it big up in Birmingham. Kyle, welcome in, and we're going to talk about fantasy fishing like normal, but instead of recapping the event, we did that in our last episode. We're talking our fantasy fishing picks for our five-angler Rapala team, and then we're going to talk about Drain the Lake for Neely Henry, which I know you live now now, now live by the Coosa River. Neely's probably going to be one of your more home lakes, one that you're going to get a lot of experience with, but it's going to be a new stop for the Bassmaster Lead Series. So, Kyle, uh, you live right down there in the ground zero, I guess, of where stuff's going to be taking place, at least in the maybe the epicenter of it. I'm excited. I, I know a lot of people will view this event after Fork as almost a letdown, which I think is entirely not you know reasonable. But I've been more excited for this event since the schedule came out than maybe any other event, purely based on the fact, like you said, this is my newly adopted home river system. I actually have not fished Neely Henry, but I've fished basically every other uh, Coosa River Lake aside from Neely and Weiss. Um, but I'm really excited for it. I mean, I think they're hitting it at a good time. Obviously, some variables going to be mixed in like there always is. Um, but I mean, I think they're going to hit it at a good time and it's going to be entertaining fishing. It's the kind of fishing that I know you love to do. I love to do. And it's fun to watch because it's uh, close combat, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, fun ways to catch them. Yeah, and it's a little different because, yes, the Coosa River can get dirty and whatnot and have muddy water, but a lot of the river systems that we go to, not counting the Tennessee River because that is a giant river made up of a lot of sure. lakes, whereas the Coosa River seems more of like river fishing. At least every lake has a river portion to it where it's sure. current-based and, and it's really set up like that. The Coosa isn't a tidal you know, river system. We always go to a Winya Bay or a Sabine River, those types of places. We've been to the Red River in the past for the Elite Series, the Chafalaya Basin, a lot of dirty water, shallow, catching largemouth, tough fishing. Coosa River, though, is always a pleasure because, yes, it can be a letdown in weight compared to Lake Fork, our last event, 112 pounds, five ounces. Basically, every lake in the United States for an Elite Series event would be a letdown because if you break the century mark, I mean, you're just at a special venue. So maybe a weight letdown for sure, but strategy, species as well. We're going to have spotted bass in play. Yes, we had some show up at the Sabine with like Brandon Card specifically, but uh, it's going to probably be about 50-50. We're going to see largemouth and spotted bass. And I believe thinking about the schedule that we've had, this is really one of the only ones uh, that has spotted bass and that should they should factor in this year. And so Neely, sure. like you mentioned, <laughs> There are six lakes on the Coosa River system. Starts at Weiss, top, uh, the, the northeast corner of Alabama right there, just across the Georgia border. And then from Weiss, it goes Neely Henry, Logan Martin, Lay Lake, and then it goes Mitchell and Jordan, I think, or Jordan and Mitchell, yep. one of the two. Mitchell, Jordan, yep. Mitchell yep. and Jordan. Um, and so there's six lakes there. They're all somewhat vastly different, but there's a lot of characteristics that can be similar. We got to see Neely Henry – play for the Bassmaster Opens in 2020, tough fishing in the fall, but we did have a stretch where we got to visit two 
Coosa River Lakes. We visited Lay Lake to end the Eastern Opens and to end the whole Bassmaster Open circuit. And we had Neely Henry. Uh, I believe it was the last stop of the Central Opens. Two mm-hmm. tough uh, venues at a tough time of year. But like you said, early May, it should be a little bit different. And Kyle, uh, I'm surprised you don't have your umbrella out right now, even in your apartment, because it has been pouring down rain in Alabama, and it's going to continue to pour on Tuesday uh, of practice as well. It's definitely been raining plenty. Uh, I got caught out in it myself. I, I went to Lay Lake today, and it was nice until until about an hour and a half, two hours into fishing, I turned around my shoulder, and here it comes. And, uh, and you know, I, I've I got poured on. I know those guys did. If you kept up on social media, those guys were all basically having to duck and cover from the lightning and the, the storms. And um, it's definitely, definitely thrown what I presume is going to be a uh, curveball to the anglers. I think just like basically every uh, professional tournament, if you just had consistent weather, it would be really good, but naturally we never get that. And the uh, Neely Henry event is going to be no different. It's going to be, some some switches up with you know rain and everything and i mean you know but the reality of it is guys are still going to figure it out they're going to figure out a way to catch them even if it's different than it would have been three days ago and the power of social media is i know here in little rock what's going on in gadsden alabama where the event's going in and the thing about social media is that all our elite series pros post the same thing if you're down at the st john's river everybody's posting a manatee shot at, uh, at the Tennessee River in Knoxville, they're posting their temperature gauge to show how cold the water was. Pickwick, they're talking about the crazy current and the logs floating down the river and the dirty water. The Sabine, if you saw a gator, so did everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to Lake Fork, and it's like they're just showing up giants or uh, or they're just showing, like, beds off and whatnot. So this week it's been the rain picks and the, the meteorology and the forecast. <laughs> right. But it is something big, uh, and it's going to – it could change the fishing up for a positive. Normally when we are at this point in the season, uh, you're wanting to look at sight fish and whatnot, but I feel like uh, in Alabama, it's going to be more moving and, and just fishing. And it's going to be a good time of the year just for that, for fishing. Some people could sight fish, but I doubt that that would be any kind of prevailing thing. Uh, when you think about the pre-spawn early rains in the year, it's cold and those rains dirty up the water. So then you have cold, dirty water. It's pretty bad. Now, uh, when it's starting to get warm, it's wanting to get to the 90s. That rain holds it back a little bit. Maybe that current flow speeds up, and that's going to be the big deal this week is the current flow. And hearing from a lot of the Alabama guys that I'm friends with, I asked them what it was going to take projections-wise before Pickwick for the Open. Some of those guys fished the Open, I asked them. And then uh, they followed it up and volunteered stuff uh, yesterday evening and said, with this rain coming through, We could see some bigger bags possibly pop up, not a consistent four days of bigger bags, but you could see that day one leader weight, or you could see a a bigger bag than we'd expect with more generation and flow coming through there. And so I don't know if you could speak to that, what it was doing at uh, lay as quickly as the water might rise, but it's supposed to rain an inch and a half tomorrow, roughly over Gadsden, Alabama. It said like 1.45 inches uh, in the span of all day tomorrow. So, a lot more water coming in, and that's going to help Alabama Power be able to put some more water through all of the lakes and have that consistent current flow, or at least windows of time. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like you said, it definitely will add current. Um, I guess, you know, the biggest thing that comes to my mind, and I don't know how Neely Henry acts compared to, like I said, some of the more southern Coosa lakes that I'm, you know, used to fishing. 
say used to fishing. I haven't only been fishing them for a few months, but um, the ones you have you some know, familiarity with, <laughs> right? Um, I think obviously water clarity is going to be a big thing. Um, you know, from my experience on lay, a lot of times when you get these big rains, some of the backwaters, the longer creeks, um, they'll get muddied up. Um, and I, I mean, you know, maybe some people would agree with this, disagree. It, you know, it's just a matter of preference. I think that, uh, sometimes it'll get tough, um, when those waters, you know, those backwaters and the, the sloughs and, you know, that kind of thing get dirty this time of year. Um, it seems like some of the things that play pre-spawn don't play as much post-spawn. Um, but you know, like you said, the reality of it is the current more than likely I would think would help. Um, but it definitely is going to make it interesting. It's another one of those tournaments that, you know, you and I always talk about, you know, the strategies that go into things and, um, you know, some of the, the things that, you know, an avid fisherman or somebody that loves following these tournaments is just going to love because like you, you've mentioned before, like the weekend anglers, the guys that only get to go every once in a while, like basically you and I now, um, these are the conditions we almost always get faced with. It's never like, oh, we hit it just right on and it's just perfect. I mean, these are like the conditions that people want to see the elites face because, I mean, they go to fork and the conditions are great. They're all on beds. 20 pounds a day was the average. Granted, that has a lot to do with the lake. But, you know, I mean, having changing conditions, you know, I think in any tournament like Pickwick was so enjoyable to watch because those guys were having to ad adapt every single day. Um, and I think we'll see probably some of the same in this event. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how much better or worse it'll make it. But the reality of it is uh, it might not even notice a difference from practice to the tournament. You know, there'll definitely be more water flow and things, but it's not like they had perfect conditions like they had at Pickwick in practice. And then by the time they got on the lake was just completely ruined. Like they'll get to see this kind of transpire for the next two days and kind of build a game plan. So it'll be interesting to see without a doubt. Yeah. And the water level that they wake up to Wednesday morning will be different than what they woke up to Tuesday morning. And then even Thursday for the tournament, they'll be able to tell at the ramp uh, what it's, what it's doing and that Alabama you know, the flow on their phones, they'll be able to check it and see when those windows of opportunity are. And one thing that I've noticed about these Coosa River Lakes covering them, I covered uh, Logan Martin uh, on the water one time, covering Lay for the for the college bracket and the opens uh, on Bassmaster Live and then Neely Henry as well. Seeing the way these lakes go, when that water does turn on, those undercut banks, because because it is a genuine river system for half of these fisheries, half of half of Neely is a, is a river and then it kind of opens up into a lake and they have got some creeks and traditional types of places to fish. But once you get above Gadsden and you go north, it, it's pretty uh, rural, you know, not a lot of docks, nothing like that. It's going to be just laydowns, undercut banks, little jut outs that'll make the current go different places, probably some little high spots in the river. Like Logan Martin's got some high spots where that current's going to wash all the way down. It's going to go over that and then drop out. Schools official get on that as well. Um, but it seems that when that water does start to generate from the dam, that those fish get up on the bank as close as they can get to obviously the water level is going to go up and down. If the water's sitting here normal and they start letting a lot of water out of a dam and it's that narrow of a fishery up in the river, it's going to fluctuate two, three feet at times. And sure. some of the lake will only come up four or five inches. You know, it's, it's much more stable down in the lake, but it's not nearly as the feeding windows aren't as 
pinpoint. They could feed for three hours, not that great for a whole three hours, but up in the river, they could feed better than they ever would anywhere else in 10 minutes and you can get right. And so I expect, and I've changed my fantasy team up. Well, I didn't change it because as Rich with hella bass always rags on me for not picking my team until the week of, I don't have preconceived notions of what I think is going to happen. And then I look at practice and it changes. I just sit here and I think about maybe some guys, whatever, don't really look at the buckets, don't even know who's in the buckets. And then we get to Monday and I start to see what the weather's going to be like, what the conditions are on the water. And then I can pick my roster. And so because of that extra water coming through, not that it's going to dirty it up or change it up significantly, but I'm thinking of Thursday through Sunday, what that current flow could be like the projected or what those anglers will see day to day. And I pick my team according to that. So you'll see a general theme when it comes to my team and we reveal those in a few minutes, but I do believe that this time of the year is probably one of the best times of the year to have heavy rain because those fish are active there's shad spawn, there's top water, there's a flipping bite, there's early post spawn. Those fish might not want to feed, and this might make them feed because of those windows of opportunity are so good sometimes with the current. And uh, there's a lot of other things that they could do down lake. Uh, the fish, you could probably catch some sight fish out of the current some. And so there's going to be a lot of different things going on that guys could use for a day or two or maybe for all four days. So I want to get your opinion on that as well. But I've noticed in the past those undercut banks up the river, whether it's a jig, whether it's a chatterbait, whether it's a topwater, you got to get it stuck in the mud on the side of that bank and pull it off into the water seemingly because they're going to get that shallow when the Coosa River turns off. And I've seen that firsthand. Frankly, when I made the statement I just did a second ago, I hadn't really considered the actual river bite, but that's a really great point. Just comparing it to lay and any Coosa River guy is going to watch this and be like, oh, you can't compare the two and, you know, whatever. But that's just what I have that's to compare ship. it to. That up the river bite, I, from what I can tell, looks very similar on most any Coosa River lake. I mean, it's pretty similar. Uh, and what you said should be spot on because it really pinpoints those fish to something. Like you said, something to break the current because they're not just going to sit out there yeah. and think about it. Like if, if you <laughs> basically, if you had to live on a treadmill – or you could live like two feet to the left and not have to be fighting the current. You know, obviously that's where those fish are going to be. And actually the lay lake open that I got to cover this last year, granted it was in December. You say, how does that even compare? But it was the same thing. The guys that were catching them up the river was first thing when the current was running. Uh, I got to see guys like Jacob Walker who have become good buddies with. And, and some of those guys that are really good Coos River Lake, uh, you know, hammers really do exactly what you're talking about, you know, basically flipping behind wood, any, anything that would break the current up, you could, you could almost pinpoint and be like, there's a bite, there's a bite. Um, and something that I've really based my picks on. And I'll also add on the fact that you being able to wait until the last week is a, is a blessing. But when I write my pundit picks and so does it's too, it's a, it was a week ago. So, I mean, I, I don't typically change my picks. But with that being said, I went really fairly heavy on Coosa River guys, um, some of which I didn't pick just because super high percentage. Shame on me. Um, but I think that having a, the knowledge of how the Coosa River works and being comfortable with it is going to help big time. Because like you were saying, almost every single lake, although they're very different in ways, they have similarities. And especially up the river, that style of fishing, it's uh, – 
I think as far as I'm concerned, it's very similar lake to lake. So some of your guys that live in Alabama and are Coosa River guys, I mean, like those are probably the guys you should be picking, in my opinion. And and I'd say this, that uh, I would have gone Alabama heavy too if let's just say it hadn't rained yet, but it was going to rain a lot on Wednesday afternoon or it was going to rain a lot Wednesday with a short time of those conditions and basically you're waking up Thursday to a new fishery or a new, a new body of water where a Matt Heron or a Scott Canterbury or a Wes Logan or a Bill Widler, they know, okay, well, it hasn't rained and now it's going to dump a bunch of rain and those fish are going to go here, 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 here. Whereas now they had rain on Monday, they're having rain on Tuesday and then they have Wednesday of stable conditions. They can see it as it changes and they can maybe go get bites places. Those guys will still have that advantage of a sneaky spot that they don't have to go practice. They know that that's there, but those guys will have time to explore it. And that's why I think that it opens it up more to a style than necessarily a, uh, a knowledge based uh, sure. selection of your team. And so, and it's because they're probably biting very well compared to, if it's earlier in the year and dramatic weather comes in or in the fall when dramatic weather comes in and it's like, I can't run around and get that many bites to get a sample size. Whereas now you could probably get a, a lot more bites and, and okay, it's pretty quick. I flipped two trash mats and they're there. I could go and do all these others, but I'm not going to that kind of thing. So we'll see about how that plays out. And so I'm excited for it. Uh, the techniques we're going to be able to watch a swim. You're going to see guys lock a swim jig in their hand or a chatterbait or a walk in top water or a frog. Uh, I feel like you're going to be able to see guys flip docks down the lake. You're going to see maybe some, you know, spinner bait, some different things like that. You're going to see all kinds of those power fishing baits that you're going to, you're going to hook into a fish and you're like, is this a four pound largemouth or is this a big spot of bass? Like, I don't know. I, one thing I added in my story was I think that we're going to see a lot of braided line. That's, that's kind of one thing that I'm looking forward to. Like you said, between frogging, obviously walking topwater can kind of go both ways, but, um, Jack, you know, I'm on a swim jig. I mean, swim jigging. I mean, that's something that if you know anything about the Coosa river, you've ever heard about the Coosa river, according to West Logan, I can't prove this to be true, but you can catch a bass on a swim jig on the Coosa river 365. And I, I, I know it's true. Um, and it's, it's such a dominant player on the Coosa river, basically everywhere I would say, except for Logan Martin, just because there's not as much grass, they fluctuate the water as much. Um, do you still catch them on it there? I'm sure like I said, I can't prove it personally, but, um, you know, I, I think that the ways that the guys are going to catch them is going to be so entertaining to watch. Um, that, you know, obviously we're not going to get the giant stringers that we got at fork, but like, to me, I think this tournament's going to be fascinating to watch. And also with your train of thought, I'm really excited to hear your picks. I'm really, really excited to hear your picks. Hey, they could, they could put me down in the 60th percentile, who knows, or they could just be, but there are some buckets that are problematic in fantasy fishing and I'm not going to hold any punches about it. They're problematic. It's very hard to pick some guys. And to be honest, I'm at the midway point of the season, and I, I've been sitting at around the same percentage, and I'm either going to jump into the 90s or I'm going to fall back a little bit further, and it's just one of those two. Um, I might go like Kyle's day one at Fork, or I might go like Kyle's day two at Fork. It just depends in fantasy. Oh, movie, man. But it can have those swings. So I'm going to put you on the spot. You go first. Bucket A, give me your pick. That's the top 20 in our Angler of the Year standings. <laughs> just to uh... – to add on what you were just saying, I went from 96 percentile to 86 in two in one day. <laughs> so that was tough. Anyways, bucket A, let's move on. We're not living in the past. 
Uh, bucket A, for the first time all season, believe it or not, I'm going with uh, Brandon Polinick. I, I don't – okay, so, like, it's one of those feel things. Granted, you could probably pick Brandon Polinick in almost any event, um, and really good chances he's going to catch him. So, I mean, it's not like a going out on a limb kind of thing. At the time that I picked him, I'd have to see what it looks like now. At the time that I picked him, he was actually relatively low picked um, at like 9%. Yeah, 8.8%. So I'll take that all day long with a guy like Brandon Polnick, who, let's be honest, kind of the way my, my thought on this is, he's a guy that can get up in the dirt, fish shallow, as good as anybody, swim jigging, frogging. He can do that. But Brandon Polnick's the kind of guy that finds that sneaky spot, like might find that spot up the river where there's like a little current break where, you know, some guys pass it up or, um, you know, obviously this, I made that pick before um, all this heavy current, uh, like I said, makes him a little more predictable, but I just feel like Brandon Polnick's a guy that this time of the year is always deadly. I always think of uh, he's not, you know, the Alabama swim jig, you know, guru, like some of these guys are, but back to like Toledo Ben, Chad's bond. Um, you know, every other cash is catching a four pounder, five pounder, um, good with a frog row there for a minute. Yeah. Insane. And then he had like nine in the live well at one point too. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> but, uh, I'm just kidding. Sorry for that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I just, I just like him because he's so well-rounded. Um, I think some guys, their styles might set up well for this, but they probably wouldn't have a backup plan. I think, uh, Polinick, might have a couple different things to run during a tournament like this. Um, and like I said, at 8.8% with a couple of guys eating up a heavy percentage in this bucket, I was like, I'm going with PP. Well, it's what's crazy is that the most deadly angler on this body of water, the one who has been sponsored by Fish Neely Henry Lake Tourism, is not even close. Like seven point seven. Yeah, like the fifth, sixth, seventh highest picked angler in the bucket. It's very balanced out this time. Only it is angler only twenty percent. Only two more anglers other than that guy, and over ten percent. And then everybody else is that's you know probably not worth picking. But any guys that are I would consider more highly picked are four notable sure. after that. And I'm talking yeah. about Matt Heron had fish Neely Henry Lake on his jersey for the last couple of years. This is one that's not far from him. He knows how to fish it. And to be honest, you're going to be shocked. I'm really picking a lot of flippers, and I'm picking a lot of guys that are going to short string some fish and that are going to fish tight to the cover, and they're going to do that. And I did not pick Matt in this bucket. And, and I don't know. I, I don't want to – I don't want to – I'm not going to jinx him. I don't believe in that. But, like, it's setting up too good for it to be that easy for the local favorite. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, you typically and, be in the local, you like, yeah. I mean, and, and to your point, I mean, historically, I think most locals will tell you this in a league tournament. And, you know, statistically, like the home field advantage really plays in when it's tough because you know how to adjust in those tough conditions. Like you said, if it, like, if it gets really good, obviously that home field advantage doesn't play as big. Uh, a la a, a uh, Justin Atkins at Pickwick. I mean, it got like good for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, it just happens. I mean, it happened to Lee Livesey the first time we went to Fork. It just naturally happens that way sometimes. Um, and I'm with you. I'm, I'm the same way. That's why I didn't go with him. But sorry to interrupt. I just think that's no, a really good point. It, it's, it's difficult to pick some of those guys sometimes. And 
I was kind of hoping he was a higher percentage so I could use that as my reasoning and not picking him. Right. I totally trust Matt Heron, but it's not like he's the only local. I mean, sure. he can pull up to that magic tree that he likes to flip. Canterbury might know what it is. Uh, West Logan might know what it is. You know, there's plenty of people that could know that stuff as well. And it could get fished a whole lot more than he would hope in practice, especially for guys going and trying stuff. Um, and so I went with Kyle Welcher. I think that this is a great time of the year for that, that young man. Um, whether it's moving baits like a swim jig, like a chatter bait, like a square bill, like a top water, or if he goes and flips trash mats with a punching rig or, a, you know, he's flipping a jig on, on those laydowns and whatnot, and those bluff banks or those undercut banks. I, I just feel like this is, this is one. Okay. So I haven't had an event on the elite series since Welcher started, which albeit was last year and this year, I haven't looked at an event and been like Kyle Welcher can win this event. He has really had a shot to win a couple events, but I've never really thought sure. of one where like the time of the year is setting up right. Uh, his knowledge of these types of fisheries is setting up right. And then his style uh, is going to play into that as well. I think that's a perfect storm here. He knows the Coosa river. Uh, he might not know Neely as much, but he knows those types of fisheries in Alabama, obviously just living a little bit South of Neely Henry in that region, uh, Opelika. Uh, and, and then his style setting up for it, flipping power fishing, moving, and I think that we will see a lot of guys split their days, not just their not or split their hours, not just split their days of the tournament. I'm going to go spend a time in this part of the lake and then that part of the lake. They're going to spend hours certain places. He's going to go up the river from takeoff for the first hour, run down the lake and fish for two hours, run back up when the generation schedule. And I feel like this is a, a, a time of year that you can run a lot and not get in trouble. And so I feel like it suits his running gun style. So I'm picking Welcher. 12% of the people are picking him as well. The second highest angler in that bucket to only Seth Fighter, the angler of the year leader. Uh, so I had to go a little bit high percentage there, but 12 is not too bad for me. And I really do think that that this could be I, – I think Welcher should make a top 10. I do. I feel yeah. like all the baits that are going to play are his style. And uh, the running gun on the Coosa River sometimes – it can really be the deal. You go spend five minutes here, five minutes there. Believe it or not, in my uh, fantasy story, that's my solid secondary selection. So every bucket I make, like a basically a backup. And to your point, I think that's a great point. Stylistically, this tournament, every single thing that should play is or are his exact strengths. I mean, really are. I mean, every single one of them. Um, so like you said, I, I'm, I'm with you on that pick. I think that's good. Um, if we're ready to move to bucket B, Yes. I feel like surely we're going to share the same bucket B pick. I don't think we will. I really don't think we will. West Logan. Oh, uh, no, you no, you no, no, I didn't pick him. I didn't pick West Logan. So I went with West Logan. Um, fairly high percentage, uh, not comparatively to a couple of the guys in the bucket. Yeah, two guys in the bucket. Like, yeah, 11's, even if, even if 11 is the leading percentage of a bucket that's not high super high, yeah not high, high. 20 22 up you know that kind of sure. thing Agreed. maybe the rank in the bucket percentage wise he's not too far down there but yeah a solid a solid conglomerate you know picking him contingent so west west logan's my boy uh big time my boy i've fished with west a couple times on the coosa river 
um, since moving down here. Um, I know how much he's looked forward to this event. Um, I actually covered him at Pickwick, and we were talking about Atkins, and you know, we're just talking about how it was a tough run for him there at Pickwick. Um, super surprising to everybody. And I told him, I said, well, you'll get to know what that feels like here in a few months or a couple months. And uh, sure enough, he's going to because more or less, this is one of his home lakes, um, just like a few guys in the field. Um, but it was kind of a saving grace because in Bucket B, there's so many other guys that, you know, could, you know, potentially be big players that he didn't get nearly the percentage love that I thought he would. Which, like you said, regardless, even if that was the bucket A or the uh, the highest picked angler in the bucket, like it's not that bad. But um, hey, I did say I said, "Where's all the Coosa River love at?" And I ended up finding right. bucket C. I know where the oh, yeah. love went to. <laughs> you ain't gotta go. You ain't gotta go far. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I just think stylistically, same thing. Like I said, having spent time with Wes, I, I feel like I have a better feel for his strengths and the things that he's, you know, really, really good at more than probably any other elite guy, because obviously you can cover him and watch him, but when you get in the boat with somebody and watch, you know, how they methodically pick apart different things. Um, I, once again, it goes back to the Coosa river thing. I think the Coosa river as it, as itself is kind of a niche. Every single lake kind of has its own niche, which is a weird thing to explain and put into words. But coming from Arkansas, moving down here, I figured that out real quick because I thought I could do the same things that I would do um, on the lakes that you and I have fished together for the last few years. And my I've fished for my entire life. And that has absolutely not been the case. Uh, it, they definitely fish very unique. Um, and a guy like Wes Logan that's had a good year to this point, um, sitting 24th by um, you know, a couple events where he's really close to making the cut. Um, I just think he's going to – I think this kind of plays into Wes Logan's favor too, although we're sitting here talking about him right now. I think he's going to go under the radar considering how much of a home like this is to him, which I think is a great thing. Think about how much publicity and how much love Atkins got before Pickwick. All that does is just add more and more pressure to you. I think Wes is getting the benefit of the doubt here with all the other Coosa River guys and is not getting that much pressure. Um, and like I said, I mean, I just think stylistically how good he is on the Kusa. I, I just think to me, that's, that's my no brainer pick. I knew I was going to pick him, whatever bucket he was, but at the beginning of the season, that's just, that's my pick. So I didn't pick Wes Logan because dun, 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 under pressure. I think that <laughs> he, we might not do it, but he is going to put some major pressure on himself to perform. Agreed. Agreed. And boo, I have been there before, and um, and and it's super hard to imagine how anglers will handle handle pressure. You know, will a, a Canterbury put too much pressure on himself? Will a Heron put too much pressure on himself? Those are wily veterans that have been somebody in the sport for a while. Wes Logan is pretty new to being a somebody, and to have one in your backyard. Man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. No, no. To and so I, I just imagine um, you get pulled in a lot of directions. So I don't think that he's not – I don't think he's going to do as great as we would expect maybe two weeks ago. 
just because when we get to tournament week, you get pulled in different directions. You have a lot of support for sure, but you got a lot of pressure to perform too, uh, because you do know, hey, this is the last one I got a local advantage on. I got this one. We got Gunnersville. We got Classic. We got two up north. I got to make hay here if I want a shot to win. And sometimes those locals don't lay up and they go for the win, and yeah, it burns you. And uh, and we've seen that weirdest thing. Pickwick, Atkins sucks. Mosley gets second. Flip flop for the open. Atkins almost makes the final day. Mosley sucks. Like it just doesn't make sense sometimes when you put pressure or you get too comfortable, so you can go free ball and and wilding out a little bit. It doesn't work out. So I didn't pick him. Uh, I picked Brandon Lester. I picked Brandon okay. Lester. I really think he could pick up a flipping stick with the best of them. He could pick a he could pick up a shaky head with the best of them, which is the weirdest thing when like some of the Alabama guys are like, "Don't talk about the shaky head. The thing's deadly." And I'm like, "And it catches big ones there sometimes." But it's also because of his momentum coming off and opens top ten. I remember in the heyday of Brandon Lester, like. 16 minutes ago, it seems, when he was getting a top 20 in every event he fished, opens, elites, it did not matter. It was basically he was making the top 10 of the elites, almost winning, and he would make the top 10 in the opens and almost win. And he was stringing them together. He got a top 10 at Pickwick, and I feel like he's he's getting a little bit of a deal. Had a little bit of time there where maybe sponsors weren't flowing in and it, and it kind of just was stagnant. He lost some deals. He wasn't really gaining a lot of deals. Not that that affects you, but I feel like he got home from fork, had a little bit of a, of a refresh with his family, went to Pickwick, did his, did his business like he's supposed to on the Tennessee river, got a top 10. And I think he's going to roll into Neely Henry with more expectations on himself. But I really do think this stylistically uh, it could be it could be good for for Lester and momentum wise. I really do believe in that sometimes, and I feel like he's got a new title sponsor just a couple events ago, got a top ten, and I feel like I feel like everything's going to start gelling for Lester as we go into Gunnersville, the Classic, and and even you know opens later in the year in the up north swing. So I'm picking Brandon Lester in bucket B, and uh, and he's only two point seven percent. And, I, and I'm good with that. You got Stetson at six, Cobb at nine, Kennedy at 26, Logan at 11, Swindle at 18. Those are really the guys. Robertson at five. Uh, Robertson did well there for note. If you don't like Logan, if you don't like Lester, Robertson did well at Neely Henry. Uh, got second, I oh, believe. Second. Yeah. Yep. Almost beat Cody Bird. Uh, I think it was just a couple ounces or maybe just a pound even or something like that. Barely missed out on the classic. Got got kind of uh, – uh, didn't he – I think he uh, went ahead and won the next open at Cherokee. He came up so close at Neely, went ahead and won the next open at Cherokee. But, anyways, he's a solid pick there. That in, And if you wonder why a Kentucky boy has some love there, most recent finish there, most recent experience the elites might have there is anyone fishing the opens. He did well there last year. So – I'm going to move it over to bucket C where it gets real. It's starting to taste like Tums in bucket C because it gets real chalky real quick uh, with the picks there. And, and it, I don't know if you picked him, but 47% Scott Canterbury, the highest picked angler for Rappel of Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing. And bucket C, he is toting the mail there with overwhelmingly the most. Brian New has experience there from the opens. He's at 10%. Didn't pick either one of those. My guy. 0.5%. I'm picking Caleb Kufal 
because he's going to have that mousetrap, that mousetrap <laughs> hook set with his jig. I mean, he's just going to, and then he's going to swing him right in the boat. But it's his comfort. And if he can lock a flipping jig in his hand uh, and flip cover, I think that he's going to be content. And so I think that this could be one that you wouldn't expect a guy from Wisconsin to do well in, but uh, I feel like he could come down and, and make this place his home. That is an interesting pick. I dig it. Um, however, I did go high percentage, not uh, Scott Canterbury high percentage. Um, kind of one of those deals, though. I really think Scott Canterbury is going to catch him. I really, really do. I think there's That's no question he will. Scares me. Down. I mean, it, I can't, can't do like, it. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't do it. I, I just can't. <laughs> but, uh, I went with Brian New. So um, not necessarily based on um, fishing the open there. Um, also, are we even sure he even fished that open? I think he only fished the Easterns, right? No, no, he fished them all. He won the open. Oh, did he? Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, for some – oh, that's right. What am I talking about? Yeah, he won the Falcon Rods. Why? Um, yeah, I don't know. For, I remember him talking about he just jumped in that first one, and then once he won it, I thought for some reason he just fished the uh, Eastern. No, yeah, and he signed up. He signed up for all. Signed up for all. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. For some reason, I was thinking he didn't even sign up for the Centrals. Um, I like. I don't even know, and I know why you're picking him, and it sounds like my bucket A pick. Um, just a stylistic thing. I mean, I think that the exact same thing. My my thought process when I wrote my my story about it. Same thing you were talking about with Welcher running and gunning. Dude might be a rookie by Elite Series qualifications, but probably top five in the world at running and gunning style fishing. Um, and he runs, runs it hard. <laughs> I've seen it. He runs that boat as hard as it'll go. Um, but I, I, and just stylistically, I think that that style of fishing, just like you said with Welcher should set up perfect for this event. Um, I don't naturally consider him like a big flipper, like, you know, that kind of thing. But as far as swimming a jig, top water, just moving, covering water, um, you know, something I mentioned uh, in my story was I could easily see him getting, you know, a handful of stretches that are productive and just being able to rotate and know when those places are good. And that's just kind of one of those things that certain guys just have a knack for. Um, and I think a Brian new in this tournament, um, you know, I, I think can really catch him. And kind of like you said, it was go ahead. I'm going to jump in. I think it's like, uh, some of those guys like to catch a fish and they want to stay there and catch more. And sometimes on the Coosa river, it seems like you can catch one and then you need to run and you go and be okay with catching one here, one there, one here. There's one no there. doubt. And, and I think that that's like with Welcher and new, I think that they're good with that. And like you said, I think this time of the year, that's so true. Um, you know, as for, if you talk about some lakes, you know, a few weeks from now, a month from now, it's so spot specific. Um, you know, you hear about, you hear G-Man talk about um, guys that are really good, like area or spot fishermen, you know, like guys that can, can really milk a spot for all it's worth, that kind of deal. Um, I think the same can be said for the guys that have that knack for running and gunning and covering new water. And, and like you said, being able to, to up and move and not try to like make something, something it's not, if that makes sense. Um, so, I mean, I, same reason that you picked uh, Welcher, you're spot on. That's exactly why I'm going with Brian New and Bucket C. Well, give me your Bucket D pick because I like that. And uh, I didn't pick him because I don't know if you can go to the poker table 
with, with two of those guys. Like I can't, I can't go with new and Welcher in my back pocket because I'm going to get burned by one of them. So I'm going to pick one of them and ride with the other. I picked new. He was really great for me. Day one had no idea. He sucked at sight fishing. Didn't do well a day two. That kind of burned me bad. He's the one, he's the one sucker that hurt me. Like I have every, 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 every event, one angler hurts me and he hurt me. So I'm not mad at you, Brian, but uh, I'm gonna pick a guy who's similar to you and, and not. You. Not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just really I, I disappointed. Like I hope so. <laughs> um. Okay. So bucket D. Uh, going back to the Coosa River Magic, Clint Davis. I think Clint Davis. Um. You know, obviously, fairly high picked at nine percent. Once again, that's really not all that high. Um, thank God for Justin Atkins being picked at 30%, um, which is reasonable. I think that some people would just see Alabama and Justin Atkins being the hammer that he is and think that's a great pick. Uh, but that's something that I don't think people realize is how good he is on the Kusa, even though he's not a Kusa guy. You covered him winning an open on the Kusa River, uh, finished in the top, uh, top 25 in both of the opens, I believe, last year on Lay and on uh, Neely Henry. Uh, finished well in both of those tournaments. I can remember talking to him at Lay, and he just talked about how like comfortable he is fishing the Coosa River. Um, so 30% is pretty high, but a guy that has grown up fishing the Coosa River, um, I marveled at his videos of catching giant spots on a swim jig in December for years and years. Uh, Clint Davis is the Coosa River guy. I mean, he really is. And for me, a 9%, he's probably the second highest, I would guess. No, third highest. In the bucket, um, I just think Clint Davis is, you know, once again, going back to that knowledge of the Coosa River, I think that's going to play this tournament, and that's why I'm going with uh, Clint Davis in bucket D. Well, I uh, I didn't pick Davis either. I think we're going to go a clean sweep of five anglers apiece and not and not duplicate. I'm going to call that a little early. I don't think our bucket E's are going to match at all. That's all I'm saying. But um, – and people are going to say I'm crazy for my roster, my five anglers this week. Like I'm trying too hard to be off the beaten path, but there's a, there's a, I guess a reason to the madness. Um, but I looked at some guys, I looked at a Davis and I'm like, man, do I want to use him now? Not that I can use him and lose him, like in drain the lake. It's not drain the lake. <laughs> it's not drain the lake, but like I don't pick guys back to back events, like in, in from a five person lineup. Cause it just, I, it just messes with me if they get in a bad, you know, a bad rotation or whatever. I didn't like Atkins percentage, um, even though he did learn some stuff from from West for sure about Neely. Uh, there's some other great anglers in there. I was going to pick a Daryl Gleason. Daryl was was doing very well on day one at Neely Henry last year in the open. That was in the fall, though. Uh, was it a lucky spot or is it a pattern? I kind of you know, went through my brain on that one. I, I decided to pass over him. Kenta Kamura, I was like, he did well. He was on camera the final day, had a shot to win that event in the pouring down rain as well. It seems like every time we go to Neely, it just dumps rain. And uh, so I was wondering about that pick. Uh, I see Jamie Hartman there at 5%. Not really sure why on that one, to be honest. I don't know why people picked him. I think, honestly, when you look down the list, there's so many random options that people went with some familiarity, you know, even if it doesn't fit. And um, Clark Winlet at 3% or so. Then you have Zaldane. You have two guys taking up 56 57% of the picks, 26% for Zaldane and 30% for Atkins. 
And uh, I, I just didn't want to pick those two guys either. I just didn't. So I picked uh, all that to say, I picked Jake Whitaker. Urgency. He's got to catch him. He's got to catch him. Um, man, he loves throwing a frog and he doesn't get to do that much in elites. It doesn't seem like it, it the, by the time it gets warm enough, uh, we're on lakes that it's not conducive for. And, and I think it's conducive right now for him. I think he's great with spotted bass as well. Um, he's even great with those lower weight events. Not that this is going to be low, but you give a North Carolina boy a chance to shine with 11 to 14 pounds a day and, and they can make it work. Uh, also flipping wise, I feel like he could flip a jig. Um, you know, and, and if he did have to go down Lake and fish docks, that's what he loves doing. That's what he does so much. So, sure. Uh, it'll depend on where, you know, when we pick all these guys, not knowing if they're, maybe he's invested his whole practice above Gadsden in the river. I don't know, but I know their styles and you try to predict that. So 4% urgency. He's a great, uh, spawn and post spawn angler. He never found him at fork. He never found big ones on the bed in practice. He went into that one, knowing he was walking into a boxing ring with one arm behind his back and he lost a couple chicklets in his mouth. Uh, Made a little bit of a comeback on day two, was able to gain some points there. But stylistically wise, spotted bass in play, the techniques that'll play, I feel like this could be when Whitaker turns it around a little bit. For as crazy of an up and down season as he's had, for stuff that's out of his control, stuff that's in his control, uh, just pure innocent mistakes, he's only like 80 points from the classic with four events left. Very doable. So you know, you know that from 43rd, to 73rd is only 80 points between 40 anglers. That's not, that's not bad at all. So I think he's, uh, I think he's going to turn around this week and he's going to figure that out. Um, and so he's my bucket D pick now bucket E it's not a drum roll, please. This is kind of going to be like an accordion, please. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what we're about to get into here for bucket E, but dang, this might be one of the toughest bucket E's I've ever had to pick. And, and I'm I agree. Holy cow. There's uh, some guys that are really high percentage guys because they got Alabama tagged in their name. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got a Connecticut guy. Ah, he's never been on the Kusa. Like, I don't know. And then uh, and then you've just got some guys who have honestly, if we're being 100% transparent here, they hadn't caught him in 16 events. Not just this year. They just hadn't caught him last year. They're just in a rut and they can't get out of their own way. Um whether it's the opens, whether it's the elites, it's just, it gets to you. It wears on you mentally. I was just watching softball in the house with Sarah. She's one of the best softball players in the state of North Carolina when she was in high school. And I said, what's the deal? This girl went 45 pitches and had two hits hit off of her and five pitches. She's had four hits and two runs scored. And I said, she's either just losing her fundamentals and she's just trying to throw the ball as hard as she can or She's just missing her mark, and she's just lost focus. And uh, and we even talked about why some middle middle inning pitchers are great, and they can't start though. Why they suck in the first inning? And she said it's all mental. At a certain point in fishing, it is entirely maybe it's maybe it's a fifty percent ability, ten percent, twenty percent opportunity, and thirty percent mental. But at a certain point, it becomes fifty percent ability and fifty percent mental. And, and it just gets to be too much. Sometimes it feels like you're overthinking the simplest things. And so there's a lot of that going on in bucket E, I feel, looking at the guys. So I'm going to go uh, 
I'm going with a jig flipper. I ain't never seen a man catch a bass on anything else in his life. I'm going with Rob Dye because I have never seen him catch a bass on anything else but a jig. And I expect him. This is the event. He literally circled it on the counter and said, flip a jig all day without feeling guilty. Uh, swim a jig all day without feeling guilty. And I feel like Rob Dye, he's had some really good events doing that. Santee, even when it was only catching three fish in a day, he'd get that kicker bite. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to beat a Norman angler. Hard to beat a late Norman angler when he's got a jig locked in his hand all day long, flipping docks or flipping cover. So let's say there's got to be some docks to flip. I mean, oh, there yeah. is. There's about a billion on Norman and uh, bottom end of Neely's got them. And then even laydowns galore above, above Norman on the 150 bridge. There's a lot less docks, a lot more laydowns uh, gets real skinny up there as well. And Neely is very similar in that aspect. Um, so yeah, Rob Dye, I'm gonna go with him. I think that 0.5% is expected. I mean, there's no reason anybody else should pick him higher on the Coosa river, but for the baits that should play, um, Give me a little gibble, give me a little dip of Rob Dye. <laughs> well played. Um, uh, I'll be honest, I'll just be straight up honest here. <laughs> Don't tell me your bucket is blank right now. <laughs> no, oh, that's kind of what I'm getting at. I will say, I have not switched a single pick in fantasy fishing from what I write my story on typically, you know, two nearly two weeks before the tournament to now. There is a really good chance I changed bucket E last second just because I am so unsure of who I want to pick. Um, you know, like you said, it's not worth really like getting into because the reality of it is these are all good anglers. Um, but like you said, it's a slippery slope when you get, um, you know, same positive momentum works the same way as, as negative momentum. I don't guess you can even call it momentum, but like it's a slippery slope. I mean, cause like you said, each event that you don't catch them, it adds more and more pressure. Um, that urgency that you were talking about, it, it heightens even more when the urgency is not to make the classic. It's to stay on the elites. It's, you know, there's a lot of things at stake. So it's always tough this time of year picking in bucket E because, like you said, there's so many factors, so many variables going on with all these guys. And you're, um, you know, and then, you know, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, because there's, there's absolutely no doubt. It's not a, a thing like, we're just sitting here making fun or laughing. It's just, there's just not a, like, there's not one person that stands out as like somebody that would be a Coosa River, like, you know, guy other than to me, Bill Widler. And that's not who I'm picking right now. Uh, it's a good chance. I, well, it, 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 it is very high. Well, but I will say it's just like every NBA player that's eighth on the bench. They are the best freaking player that's ever came out of their high school, ever came out of their county, ever came out of their region. They were all state, all district. I mean, these guys went through the ringer regionally, and they beat down other anglers. They go nationally to the Opens, and they qualify with ease, and they get to the elites. And it's every All-American facing you. Of course, you're going to look like you don't know what you're doing because at a certain point, somebody's got to finish last at every event. And you just don't want it to be you. And sometimes it's you a couple times in a row and you're like, what am I doing? It, it puts you in a hole big time. And that's, that's how you end up in bucket E. I mean, that's just the reality of it. It's not us joking about it. I mean, it literally, I mean, it's just the way it works. Um, especially once you get to this point of the season, you see, like we've talked about every event prior to this, and you can still make the case for a handful of guys, uh, you know, Paul Mueller, some of the guys that have been really consistent over the course of their elite years career, 
you just have a bad year. I mean, you it happened to John Cruz last year. I mean, it just happens. So um, that's about all you can say about that, or it's all I'm going to say about that. Um, right now, I've got Chris Grow. Um, lower percentage comparatively at 2.1. Once again, I mean, uh, honestly, I look at Bucket E, and I didn't even try to play percentages at all. I just am trying to pick somebody that I think shoots up well. And, and like I said, and, and it's really a good chance that I'll switch to Bill Weidler. And I even I, – I was transparent about that in my uh, in my story that I – good chance I'll switch it because he really is a great swim jig fisherman. Um, lives just down the road from where we live uh, here in Birmingham. I mean, definitely is a Coosa River guy. Um, with that being said, um, you know, like it just puts a lot of pressure on you and you add the pressure of having to catch them just for the sake of getting out of this rut and then the – added pressure of this being and not necessarily one of his home lakes, but definitely a, a lake on the same chain. It's a lot of pressure. That's what makes me a little hesitant to pick him. Uh, as for Chris Grow, I, I do view him as a good swim jig fisherman. Um, I know he's a big dirty jigs guy, likes throwing that swim jig. Um, I watched him actually do it at Fork. Um, wasn't necessarily covering him, but he came through the same area, uh, swimming a jig. And then when I was picking Bucket E, if we're being honest, that thought just came in my head. I was like, maybe he can translate that to a place hey, historically that's, uh, yeah, right. He, 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 he checks all the boxes. I'm sitting here watching him throw a swim jig and he's definitely, you know, he knows what he's doing with it clearly. Um, and you go to a place where naturally, um, the fish should be eating a swim jig. I, I, it's just, that's my pick. I don't, I don't think I can get too much more in depth with it. It's just kind of a feel thing. Um, you know, those fish at fork, Although I'm sure there were plenty of fish caught on a swim jig when they're like actually spawning locked down, it's hard to get them to bite a swim jig or something moving a lot of times. Um, but you know, I think these fish will be way more apt to eat a swim jig. And I think that's the strength of his. So we're going with Chris grow for now, at least. Yeah. <laughs> and it, what hurts my heart the most about grow is that something happens every event that I've never had happen in my life. And I don't know. I mean, obviously time on the water allows stuff to happen, but it just seems like every event, something happens. And I thought maybe after fork, he's missed two cuts in the elites just within just, a, you know, a good keeper away, you know, you're just right there. Uh, and you either weigh in four on a day and you like, Oh, that fifth keeper would have did it. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, that's what it seems like sometimes in the last two events, the Sabine and the four and fork, that's what it was. And then I'm like, well, let me see how he picks it up at Pickwick, you know, a place he was just a couple of weeks ago, you know, you know, a couple months ago or whatever for the elites, uh, a place that it should be fishing all right, you know, coming off similar conditions as Shad Spawn wise, those types of things. He'll he'll get something rolling there and to weigh in 10 pounds on day one when everyone caught him. It did get tough on day two and the weights dropped considerably. For it to be like 25 pounds or something, 23 pounds leading day one, and it'd only be 58 to win two more days later, you know it got tough. But on the day that everyone caught him to only catch 10 pounds, he could have lost them all. You just don't know. But it seems like there's something. It's like he is the most positive guy that has negative weight on and energy on his shoulders. Like it's like, I'm going to go out and catch him tomorrow. <sighs> And you like feel the negativity weighing on him, but he's saying positive things. And so it breaks my heart. It's tough to just kick that schneid. So grow. I totally get why his ability wise, 
a lot of these guys have great ability. You can you can go down the list and say, not familiar with the Kusa. Uh, a seasoned angler may be a little too old to consistently catch him. Uh, good ability doesn't make great decisions. You know, you can totally evaluate some of these anglers like that. Uh, sure. Great angler having a terrible year, and you don't know when it's going to stop. So that's just us being completely honest about it. And I love every single one of these guys because at the same thing, when you're on the 12th fairway on, on your final round of the season of the PGA tour, and you know, you got to birdie the next three holes to maintain your PGA tour status. That freaking sucks. And that weighs on you big time. And uh, as soon as you don't do it, you're like, well, maybe if I hole out the next two and you're like, Maybe if I catch the big bass of the tournament tomorrow, we can make the cut. And then you're like, you're literally only swinging at high cheese every single time. Or you're trying to go driver off the deck on, on a hole you don't do that on. You know, and you start just going big for no reasons. You make a long, long run just to do it, you know, and, and it's why not? And so to me, uh, and you can see it. Some guy, sometimes there's 96 limits, and there's two dudes who don't catch a limit. And you're like, how? And then you look, and they're just going for it. And it's so hard to sometimes connect on that. Um, you're either gonna you're gonna swing, you know that, and come down to one knee, or it's going out, it's going over the fence. And, and sometimes it's you know, I can do all the you know, and, and sports all day long. You know, sure, I'm with you. And that's the thing is when you get to this point in this season, and you're in the position that these guys are in AOI standings, it, it, like you said, it feels like you have to do that. You know what I mean? Like you can't just string together a couple good, like, Hey, I made the cut, but like barely's because they just, you know, you, it makes you feel like they just don't, they're not worth as much um, as where like, you know, rather than chipping away at it each tournament, it's like, oh, I got to win one. I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta make a top 10. Like, for more reasons than just AOI financially. I mean, money, I mean, there's a lot of, there's so many things that like naturally we try to stay out of, you know, in depth reasons why, but you know, it's uh, it makes it tough. It really does because these guys, um, like you said, all have the ability and it's just like, you know, a lot of them are going to come out of it and you just don't know when. Cause like you said, you just have a bad year and it happens. I thought about the other day and I'm like, man, if we were any other sports league, they hammer on their top guys all the time for making mistakes, but we only speak highly of anglers and we have a relationship with them. We have a personal connection. We love these guys. They obviously pay entry fees and they're heavily invested in it. But I think sometimes they don't, they don't mind sometimes the criticism because they are doing it themselves and they want to know if someone else is seeing the same things in them. Uh, I'm not saying they're asking for it or anything like that, but we kind of get like, Oh God, we, we said something bad about them or, you know, we were talking about their fundamentals or the way they set the hook or the way that they drive their boat. But man, we really don't talk bad about these guys all year. And, and to be honest at this point, you just got to be real with it. We're not picking a hot button topic to be negative on purpose. We're sure. just completely being honest because it is a dog eat dog sport. It's a performance-based deal. You catch them. We talk about you. You don't catch them. People forget your name. But when we do have to talk about you, we got to talk about the elephant in the room. And so that is bucket E at this point in the season. I'm not waving them off. I'm waving this gnat out of my face, um, probably thriving off my hot breath right now. But real quick, before we do drain the lake, give me some hyper history. We're going to go rapid fire. And when I say rapid fire, I don't even care why you're saying hyper history. 
you just ah! you just tell me what it is. You can hardly say history because there's just not. Or I'm just looking at this board. And there's just not enough history to say. Okay. Fighter, uh, hype. 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 Hype for hype for fighter. I'm saying both because I mean Welcher. Uh, you, you think history, but I mean still being as far south as he is, it's not history on the lake. I'd say hype based on his technique, uh, on his fishing style, not on history on the lake. Let's say that. Kennedy and Swindle. Hype and hype. Man. <laughs> Canterbury and new. History hype. <laughs> okay, I was already doing it. Atkins and uh, Let's say history. Hype. <laughs> And once again, I'll, I'll justify my picks here. <laughs> history, hype. History, I guess history, history. History, history, but we don't – I mean, I don't even – Kelly J, obviously, another one. Further, confused. yeah. Or further south. I mean, I, does he fish the Kusa? I'm sure, but that far up on the Kusa, probably not. He um, much to fish the Kusa. He yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's a hard, hard worker. Um, these guys can't – they can have hype. But for historical reasons, that's why I was saying there's, sure. there's a way yeah. of doing it or history as in like fighter doesn't have experience on Coosa River, but historically this season he is on a roll, you know, that kind of thing. So And okay, like Swindle, another one. It's not just like hype because it's Swindle because Swindle typically always has a higher player percentage uh, just being the personality and like the well-known, well-loved angler that he is but also he's definitely got history on neely henry guys fished every lake in alabama probably at least 100 times a piece i feel like at this point so i mean it's a mixture of both but i'm saying hype in once again like fishing style um so when i say fishing style that's like to me i'm combining that with hype and not history kind of the same way with welcher um you know kind of the same way with new i mean it's more their style the hype of their style not like the history they've had but anyways exactly well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make it all disappear. I actually created this game, Kyle, just to put you on the spot so I'd have dirt on you when English are like, I love that, Kyle. Jesse. I was like, man, he says you're hype all the time. People picking you. Ain't no reason they're picking you. It's just hype. I don't even feel like it's a bad thing. Hype's a bad thing. If you've got hype, you're doing something right. It's not a bad thing. Well, there's some anglers that have high percentages that I'm always like, who is picking? Who are picking these guys? Like, Right. No, I'm with you. He never fished this lake before in his life. Um, yeah, like what are we what are we based in this off of? Exactly. We we went a little long, but we had some really really solid wholesome discussion there for fantasy fishing. Uh, now we're going to jump over to, to drain the lake, which I'm very very similar percentage wise for drain the lake and Rapple of Bassmaster fantasy fishing, but I'm much more hopeful for drain the lake because it is strategic and you got to pick your guys and when you pick them it's super crucial. Obviously getting points is important. But picking the guys when they do well and in, in drain the lake is, is important, and you get bonus points for it. I picked Lee Livesey at uh, Fork and got double points for it. If you pick the winner, I did not know this, had no idea. If you pick the winner and they win, you get the normal points that you would get for the other things like big bag of the tournament, leader, big fish, those types of bonus points, but you also get another 300 points off the top for, for picking the winner. So we got, instead of 345 for Lee Livesey, we got 645 for Lee Livesey. So uh, that helped me go up the leaderboard really well uh, at the end of fork. Um, And that's what you want. This is the name of the game, Kyle. You can explain a little bit more when I write down a few of my picks, but 
if you're going to pick a guy and burn him, he better get the dub. And that's going to, that's going to make it a lot easier because some of the higher guys that beat us, I had 1900 points and I'm 85%. Everyone over 2000, I guarantee you they burned some smallmouth anglers for sure. The guys who were one, you were king of the hill for drain the lake for the week one. And you burned every smallmouth angler in the book. Just I told you, I told you the list of the guy that won the, uh, the first drain the lake ever. And it was, it was a list of guys that come the Northern swing. You're going to be like, where'd they go? Yeah. I, need <laughs> I mean, Seth fighter, Paul, Nick, I mean, it was like every guy on the list was your heavy hitter that like you just burned up. And that's just the way it, it is. So, you know, you swing for the fences on a tournament and it works out for you. And then, you know, there's certain tournaments where you look back and you're like, man, there's a lot of guys I wish I had. Also, to be noted, uh, the Classic coming up. Triple points to the winner of the Classic. Yeah. So Big you time. better pick the winner if you're, if you're going to win the Classic uh, Drain the Lake. There's guys, no I doubt probably, you need to pick the winner. I probably already picked somebody at fourth that's going to win the Classic. <laughs> I can't pick them. <laughs> I was just, I swear before you even said that, I wondered to myself, I said, did I pick Zaldane at Fork? I can't even remember. Like, some of, like, uh, Zaldane is the first person that comes ahead being from Fort Worth area. Uh, but I feel like I'm the same way. I've got, I had to have picked somebody in the Fork tournament. Uh, For sure. You know, the Texas, Texas style should play both ways. So I want you to uh, give me a, give me four of your picks real quick, and then I'll give you my four, and then we'll go through our second fours. So I'm you and I have talked about this, but like you said, picking the winner, I think, is so crucial. Not I think, I mean it is, you know, to success because of the double points. So when I pick my team, I'm thinking of guys that can win the tournament, right? Uh guys, obviously there's plenty of them that I didn't pick that I want to save. But first four, Josh Strassner, Woo. Matthew Robertson, Bill Lowen, and Matt Heron. Dang. My first four in, first four in. So it's hard for me because I, I picked. So for tr complete transparency, when normally when I lock in a guy, I move on to the next bucket, guilt free, move on, move on, move on. I changed bucket E for Rapala. I had Shane Lineberger and I switched it to his roommate, Rob Dye. Uh, and then for Drain the Lake, I took one or two guys off. And uh, and filled them with other anglers because I was like, man, classic, uh, Gunnersville, and I didn't want to forget the classic. It's so, I mean, I just don't want to burn too many guys before Gunnersville in the classic, because um, then you can really, knowing that we have two Southern Lakes left, and then two Northerns after this event, we'll have Gunnersville the classic, and then two Northern events. I can really start to distribute my anglers and go full out with it and gain steam at the end. So I had to take a couple guys off and I took a Bill Lowen off and I took a Matt Heron off and I had Straysner has been on my mind more than, uh, I don't know, Vicky Valancourt was on Bobby Boucher's mind. I mean, I, I was, I had Straysner. He's my rookie of the year pick. He's leading it right now. We're going to the Coosa river where he, where he fishes. And I'm like, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. But I didn't pick him. So first four, if you can read this, I went. That's not Kelly J. That is KJ Queen. I feel like this is going to be a good one for him, flipping shallow power fishing. I got Patty Walt. Ah, uh, he sucks at Gunnersville, bro. Sucks at Gunnersville. I don't know how he's going to do it. A summer classic and up north uh, is not necessarily his strongest suit. 
I could see him doing well because he's one of the best anglers uh, my age, and he's one of the best anglers in the Elite Series. I don't know about up north how much I'm going to trust him over some of the other guys. So if I'm burning him in an event, I'm going to burn him on the Coosa River. He's really good buds with Justin Hamner, who lives down near Tuscaloosa, which isn't the Coosa River, but it's an Alabama river system that is just – it's not Tennessee River. It's just like the Coosa, basically. Very so similar. A little bit of knowledge probably plays into that. He did fish Neely last year, um, I believe. I believe he fished the Centrals as well, but at least Hamner did. Um and was able to, to fish those. I also have Todd Auten, Todd Auten, and I kind of picked him. He's roommates with Rob Dye as well. He's great with a chatterbait. Uh, he's a great dock fisherman as well. I feel like he could be one I could burn up here. Um, Caleb Kufal, he's one of the only – he is the only that I picked on my Rapala Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing Team as I did on Drain the Lake. Normally, I don't like to go the same route. Like, I didn't pick Lee Livesey in my five-angler lineup, but I picked him in Drain the Lake. Uh, so, I, I bit that bullet. Um, but Kufal, I'm picking him in both. I think that Flippin's going to set up well for him. Probably going to be his worst finish of the year because I said that. Okay. So, uh, going with my next four, I went, like, I'll be honest. You, the four you just picked, I'm surprised by. Because there's, uh, to me, there's a handful of guys that I think this is their best chance for the rest of the year to do really well. I think you're playing a little too conservative. I'll be honest. Well, I think you're playing a little too conservative. If I, you'll see if I'm going for it a little bit. Fine, fine, fine. Fair enough. Um, okay, so my next four, and I'm always saying that because I'm trying to justify my picks. Uh, my next four, Clint Davis, Justin Hamner, as you just said, Wes Logan, and Steve Kennedy. So I'm, I'm going really heavy this tournament. Man, Kyle's okay. trying to win okay. the, week of the Team of the Week award. <laughs> but, okay, historically, you look at every single pick in there, it's not like you could pinpoint any of those guys to be really great smallmouth fishermen. A handful of those guys didn't make the classic. And, um, yeah, Gunnersville, I, I think by the time that tournament rolls around, I've got my drain lake set on that. Guys that I haven't picked, guys that are going to find them off the bank. Um, I'm sure there'll still be plenty of shallow fish to be watered up with the eelgrass on the surface, all that jazz. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I just I've got a I've got in my head. I've saved some guys specifically for that tournament. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm really confident with my Drain the Lake team. I think every one of those guys is going to make the cut. All eight. Mark it down. Wow! Wow! Um, so I had two bad ones at, at fork that didn't do well for me. Same principle. I picked Chad Morgan Taylor was the same principle. I picked Mark Menendez. One of them finished top six, the other finished bottom six. So that's how I, that's how I go. and I just do not see every Coosa river angler doing it. Somebody has to suck on their home body of water or a body of water. That's their style. And, and not this time, baby. Not this time. Below Ronnie after this. So my next four. Wes Logan, I picked him, okay, because people are going to save him maybe for Gunnersville because he, he hates the day Gunnersville, hates it. I know, but he was the leader. That was the last. <laughs> yeah, time. right. He was the leader. Brandon Cobb, I think he's going to sling that dang toad toter around, boy, and swim a jig. It's going to be his deal. Eric I can Pundle, see it. Ike's mini flip, missile baits mini flip, D bomb. That's just going to be his deal. I got Taku. I got Taku. What are you thinking? I, I got a feeling Kenta Kamura 
they run tight. Told him a little bit about Neely. I feel like Taku's going to do well. And do you really think that he's going to back up three top tens in a row on smallmouth places last year with two top tens up north this year? Maybe one of them. But the lake, the only time he's ever been in the St. Lawrence River, it was Lake Ontario. Guess what's not in play this year? Lake Ontario. Champlain, I mean, he ended up fishing around a lot of other guys. And so if he switches it up this year, I'm just saying he's a great angler. Didn't expect him to live scopers at uh, four. Live scopers will live scope. And I, I, I'm a firm believer of that. Hey, live scopers can try to live scope in that current on the St. Lawrence River. They drift as well, and they're going to be seeing gobies flinging all over their screen. Gobies everywhere. Champlain is what is, I'm, I just think that's that's got to be the, the event. Mark it down. If you're watching this show, you need to get a hobby at this point in the show. <laughs> you're right. If you're still watching. mark it down, baby. Kyle's already locked in one of his eight picks for raffle or for drain the lake. So I, I went a little bit. I switched it up. I didn't go all in on certain styles. I think Taku, I think uh, Todd Auten, I think uh, Patty Walt. I think those guys are a little bit different than my other picks, but my other picks are based off around the same things as well. So, I dig it. I dig it. How long have we been going on this? I feel like for a while now. It's probably been. It's probably the longest one, maybe about an hour or five minutes. Well, I've certainly enjoyed it. And like I said, I really am looking forward to this tournament. I think this will be a uh, really rate? fun one to watch. 61-10 That's what I had. Okay. And I felt really good about that because I read a preview story with Matt Heron. Uh, maybe it was his, his column, I'm not sure, and he said 61 pounds. Actually, no, 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 no. It was our preview story um, for the website with Scott Canterbury. And his, this was after I already made my weight prediction. He said 61 pounds. So I was really happy with that. Hopefully that's the case. Um, but that made me feel like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, well, your 98 pounds of fork didn't work out too well for you. It accomplished the goal. I switched it. I switched it. Did you? I told you. I told you I was going to switch it. I switched it to 108 pounds. Oh, so you were close. You were close. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I told you I was going to do that. I did. I was at 120, and he had 112, so I'm okay with that. When you get over 100, if you're within 10 pounds, like you're like right, you're one bite away. He was, I mean, one bite. Yeah. Away. I was right. expecting him to break Dean Rowas's record on the final day, and that was what my weight was going to be. You know, um, I got 55. Shame on 55, 15. You said 55, 15. Okay. I think man, Neely's big it. enough, but it can get real small in a real hurry. So I could see us switching leaders. I feel like the day one leader could drop and then regain the lead on day three. And the day two leader could drop and then regain it on day four. I feel like it could just be a flip-flop. A simple flip-flop of the takeoff order could make that cut line thick. I mean, I mean, thicker than – How uh, many Cs? Whatever's thick, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that's, that's a really good point, especially in these tournaments where, like, an early morning bite will play, um, which – you know, Shad Spawn obviously is an early morning deal. Um, that's that's a good point. I mean, okay, look at, at Pickwick, how volatile that Shad Spawn was during the open. I mean, some of those guys that smashed them on day one go day two to the same areas where the Shad Spawn's going on, and it just doesn't happen. It really I is volatile and, you know, that kind of thing. I think it was one 
by Joey Nania, but I think it was won sure. by an angler that busted their butt on the shad spawn each day, but it was just what they did the rest of the day to find them. And Joey, right. giant on day one, helped carry his weight. Day two was stood tall and, and stayed strong. And then day three, he was able to bust that bag off shad spawn. And, uh, and that helps, you know? And so I do think time of year, takeoff order, uh, the volatility of it. And if you're looking at Neely Henry, last thing, if you're looking at Neely Henry, it actually has two dams that flow into it. Um, I know it obviously comes from Weiss. I'm going to try to look at my map real quick and click and see what lake it comes from as well. If you know, go ahead and tell me. But Neely Henry flows from Weiss up to or down to uh, Neely Henry. And it actually is two different places on Weiss, it looks like, that has a dam that puts out water um to some extent but that first dam you experience is the dam that we're worried about and, and concerned with because once you get past that that first dam that juts off to the left in the river it gets so hairy i don't think john cox is going to go up there i think you know like it's wow never mind he's going to go up there but he's going to rip something off his boat but like neely and gets pretty but the the raise in water level if it stayed higher which I know that place goes up and down with current flow. Um, it gets a little hairy up past that first dam. So it's really that first dam that you see on the map is really where the barrier that a lot of guys go to. If they go much past that, they may not make it back for weigh-in. So. I'm looking forward to it, man. I really am. There, There's a lot of things at play for this tournament. I think that uh, this is one of those tournaments that, you know, okay, like Fork, you could look at it and you and I could – tell everybody before the tournament started and we did that sight fishing was going to play a huge role i think it's possible you go into a tournament like this and like guys catch them in different ways and some of them might even be different than what we're thinking um even though there's going to be certainly guys that catch them on the things that we've already mentioned the swim jig the frog flipping uh baiting, you know like the typical coosa river you know baits uh, but I, I could easily see guys doing things that might surprise us in this tournament. Just find something off the wall, um, which, you know, to me makes it so fun because by the time we start rolling on live on day one, I mean, I, I feel like anything could happen and we're going to be surprised because let's be honest, by the time we start rolling, rolling, I think we're going to already have seen quite a bit of things, you know, transpire in the first hour of live, uh, whether or not it's with the 10 camera or the six cameras we've got out. Or, you know, th there's going to be a lot of activity early, which I think, you know, makes for a really fun day. And, you know, that's that's one of those things. Maybe it's a guy that is able to get on that early morning bite and find something later in the day. It might not be the same pattern, obviously. A lot of times that's the case. But just find something to where you can fall back on and later in the day and maybe call up a few times. Um, because, I, I mean, obviously the shad spawn, a lot of times as good as it is and as fun as it is, it can drain the rest of your day because you try to make it work too long. Um, you know, you don't have anything really to back up on it. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of things that go into a tournament like this. There's, there's no doubt about that. We're going to see some guys drop the troll motor about a hundred yards from takeoff as well. That'll factor. I think that as we get to day two and a half and day three and day four, the field's going to come back from the far reaches of Neely and it's going to, it's going to go down around that takeoff region to a certain extent uh, some late fish will be caught there as well, like you said. Our times this week, we're going to be starting Bassmaster Live 7 a.m. Eastern time. Normally it's 8, 
uh, 8 a.m. Eastern time and we'll go to 3 p.m. Eastern time. But it's going to be 7 a.m. Eastern time to 2 p.m. Eastern time a little bit earlier this week. We'll be going Facebook Live a little bit earlier than that. So it's about 5.40 Central time takeoff. I'm mixing up time zones here, but about 5.40 Central time for takeoff, 6 o'clock Central for Bassmaster Live. We'll be able to see Facebook as these guys leave the Gadsden landing right there. Uh, it'll be great watching that. You'll get some bonus coverage here. We uh, we always do, uh, what is it, seven hours of live. We have three hours on Fox Sports, one hour in the middle, and three hours on Bassmaster.com. You know, that's kind of how it splits up. And we've been doing seven hours. I think we've been doing, uh, we'll do another seven at least, but some days it might be a little bit more. Um, Fox will still be the normal times that it is, but we'll go, uh, we'll go all the way up to check-in for some of these guys. So it'll be good. Um, it should be fun. A lot of fish catches. My favorite species in play this week, spotted bass. Let's get it. You ready, Kyle? I'm ready, dude. Let's do it. Awesome. We will see y'all, Neely Henry, for the Whataburger Bassmaster League.